So, so the 66-yarder, the record setter, at what point when you're going onto the field do you flip that switch? I mean, for me, it, it was a combination of I missed the 49-yarder earlier in the game. Well, I'm probably going to have to make up for this at some point later in the game. It turns out we did. <laughs> what are you thinking at the end of Sunday's game? A Harbaugh is deciding, go for two or we're going to kick the extra point. Take me to where your head is at in that moment. I had a feeling you guys were going to ask me about that. So I wanted to make it very well known that I and everybody on our team fully support going for two and winning the game right then and there. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens are going into, it's not a must-win game, but it's pretty darn close. If the Ravens want to win the AFC North, it's pretty much a must-win. Uh, if they want to make the playoffs, not necessarily so, but whatever. We're not going to get into all the scenarios because you know what? We mm -hmm. just need to beat the Bengals. Yeah, that's the easy scenario to understand. Beat the Bengals, and then you're in pretty good position to ultimately win the division. Now, you, As we've said multiple times over the past two weeks here, win two of your last four, now becomes two of your last three, and I think that the Ravens will be in the playoffs as division winners and host a home game. But you lose to the Bengals, now all of a sudden you're looking at you're rooting hard when it comes to all these other games taking place around the league and worrying about how that's going to affect you. Um, and then you're looking at tiebreakers and all that different stuff. If you, if you take care of business this week against the Bengals, then I think that you're going to be in good position moving forward. And um, it's a huge game. It's a huge game. Yeah, especially considering the, the Bengals are coming off. You know, they had a blowout win over the Ravens earlier this season. I, that game was closer than the 41 to 17 final score kind of indicated got a couple of late touchdowns uh that really made that look worse yeah that's one of those that just kind of gets away yeah it gets away from you and then also you look at the final score and you're like man that game wasn't even close and you're like well it was but then it just sort of got away late in right. the game exactly the ravens had a lead in the third quarter uh came down to opening drive of the second yeah. half and took a lead in that game and then it was really the jamar chase 82 yard touchdown that put them up 10 that kind of put the game somewhat more out of reach but um but yeah anyway i think that this is going to be a good game the ravens are obviously still dealing with a lot of injuries we still don't know the status of lamar jackson whether he's going to be able to play on the ankle or whether it's going to be tyler huntley at at, at this point the way tyler has played you know I, I i i'm not going to say it doesn't matter certainly it does i much i'd rather have a healthy lamar jackson out there but I feel pretty good going into this game if Tyler Huntley has to suit up. So, you know, the Ravens the Ravens uh, have a, a golden opportunity here. And you always feel good going into a game when you have Justin Tucker on your sideline, just in case. Just in mm. case it comes down to yeah. that, you feel good about your chances. Yeah, if you have the best kicker in the game and the best in NFL history, that's a nice asset to have. Uh, on your side where you're going into a critical divisional game on the road. So um, with that in mind, we have the man who is the best kicker in the game. That's Justin Tucker. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with him. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. And we'll start here. I mean, we're only days away from Christmas, so we got to fire off some Christmas questions for you to start this whole thing. So what is the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Uh, greatest Christmas movie of all time. I think I got to go with the original, like, 70s, 60s or 70s, maybe even before that, The Grinch. Like, the, the old school cartoon. I think that one is uh, top of the list for me. Grinch. I did not expect you to go Grinch. I mean, you seem like much more of a Christmas spirit guy. Like, you're not a Grinch-type person. 
Well, I, I really like all three of the Grinches, right? So there's the original cartoony yep. one that's like, you know, 20 or 25 minutes long. Then there's the uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch, which is which was an instant classic. And then uh, the new one that's like the 3D animated one. That was for for a number of reasons. Each one of those has like kind of some significance to me. Um, but the last one, the the 3D animated Grinch movie was the first movie that we ever took our son Easton to see in a movie theater. It was a, it, so it was his. Uh, yeah, his first movie he ever saw in a theater was The Grinch. Um, so, so that's it's a pretty it's a pretty special one for me. Plus, it's just really fun. It's really interesting. Awesome. I'm glad I got The Grinch in our Christmas movie draft. Then, Garrett, that's another win for me. Uh, I know. I feel I'm I'm already I'm mad about that. <laughs> All right. So so best best Christmas song. Uh, it's got to be the Christmas song, as performed by Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roasted on an open fire. Mm. That's yeah. That's that's the best one. Far and away. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Classic. That oh, is yeah. the cl- that's that's, a, that's the ultimate classic. I mean, that Absolutely. one just puts you in the Christmas spirit. I do like the Mariah Carey Christmas album. I mean, Mariah Carey. That's that's a good <laughs> album. I mean, it's hits on oh, it's hits on hits. Right, you can't deny it. But Nat King Cole definitely uh definitely takes the uh, yeah. definitely takes the eggnog on this one. <laughs> All right. Last one for you. What's the best Christmas present that you ever got? Uh. That's a tough one. I uh, I don't know. I yeah. Like if I'm gonna go just like straight material items, uh, two years yes. ago I ordered because my birthday is at the end of November. I ordered myself like a new vehicle, and then it showed up like a few days before Christmas, and yeah, I got I was pretty fired up about that. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did they did they put the bow on? No, it, like, there was commercial? not a big cheesy red bow <laughs> on the car. Um, that would have been a nice touch though. I mean, that, like that, that, uh, that would be a move that would be right up my alley. So, but is, <laughs> is there anything from your childhood? Like mine was like, um, what was it, Sega, a, a game genie, right? Which allowed you to cheat in all your Nintendo games. Any child. Oh, I remember that. I, I oh, game the, genie I was the sick. game shark. I had the game shark mm. on N64, uh, that okay. you, so like, you know, the, the N64, you have the cartridges that you put into the console or like the right. game shark you would put that into the console first and then the, mm-hmm. the whatever game you're playing whether it's like golden eye or nfl blitz or star fox i mean like i could so yes. all right so like now that i'm thinking about it we did get an n64 for christmas one year when i was oh. maybe like eight nine ten years old and that was uh that was probably aside from aside from getting myself a car an n64 <laughs> is probably the best christmas gift like any kid could have ever asked for that is true that is yes. very true yes all right i can identify i also got an n64 so me too I'm with you yeah with you got this, what That's was it best. well so you got what super mario brothers and like pilot wings or something at the beginning what were like the first two games that you would get yeah like the combo like the, the the bundle starter pack it was yeah it was like super mario 64 and pilot wings was a super underrated game that game was super fun. i agree I, that game was sick i really enjoyed playing that game uh and <laughs> then so like i know i know we had like the first couple of games that we had uh my sisters and i when i was when i was a a, a, a little kid it was super mario 64 uh pilot wings um wave i think it was what was it wave runner wave, 64 wave, or like wave, wave runner, runner. Mm-hmm. wave runner 
Wave Runner. Okay. So that game was sweet. And then um, Star Fox. Yes. Star Fox. Yes. Rumble Pack. Star that, Fox. Those were the first, those were the first few games that we had. Uh, and yeah. then of course the catalog expanded over time to add GoldenEye, Super Smash Brothers, NFL Blitz, um, uh, Mario Party, Mario Tennis. Uh, <laughs> Mario Tennis was uh, pretty solid. Uh I, I used to have like a sweet collection of all of these N64 games, but like I have, I have no idea what happened to them. So maybe I, maybe I, maybe I can, you know, I, I mean, I've been playing in the league for 10 years. I'd like to think maybe I could afford to just go out and find them, but those games are expensive now. They're, you know, like the console, you can get it from, I don't know, from like, you know, uh, Amazon or walmart.com or any of those, but like a console alone, I think is like, you know, probably like $300. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem economical to me. We might have to fact check this. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe after this podcast goes uh, goes to air, you know, the the folks in uh, in Japan with Nintendo, they'll just they'll send me one. You know, we'll, you know, we'll see. maybe they'll send one to all three of us. You never yes, know. Yes, like now we're talking. I like that. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, all right. Now that we've buttered you up with Christmas talk and uh, N sixty four talk, let's talk a little football. So. Obviously, there's a lot of talk this week about going for two, kicking extra points, all these decisions. So, what at the end of a game, like what what are you thinking at the end of Sunday's game, where Harbaugh is deciding we're going to go for two or we're going to kick the extra point, and going through that process? Like, what's take me to where your head is at in that moment? Yeah, so uh, I mean, at any point in the game, I'm just doing everything I can to go through my own routine to make the uh, the kick as familiar as possible, um, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm just kicking balls into the net, going going through my routine, doing my thing. Uh, so if I am called upon, I'm just ready to go. Um, at the at the same time, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, the decisions to go for two, like I fully support it. Everybody on our team fully supports going for two because you have the chance to put the game away right then and there. Um, you know, and I, I, of course, there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of folks that have their opinions and their comments about it. But like, it's one of those things that, it, you know, if you're a part of it, if you're uh, you know, a member of the team, you know, if you're in it, you, you just understand that that is the move you go for two and you put the game away. Um, and then if it, you know, if it doesn't work out, you, you know, you pick up the pieces and you, you just move on. I mean, you don't have any other choice, but, um, yeah, I, I like, I had, I had a feeling you guys were going to ask me about that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to make it, make it very well known that I am fully supportive of, going for two and winning the game right then and there mm, nice that's well said that's well said well i i thought it was interesting you know a few weeks back right the vikings were actually in a very similar situation you know we come back from two 14 point deficits they score a touchdown with about a minute left it was a minute three left and mike zimmer kicked the extra point right and part of the reasoning he said after the game was because of you on the other side because he was like you know what if I go for two, and even if I get it, right, if I don't get it, we lose the game. If I get it and go up by one, they have a minute left to drive in the field goal range, and then they have Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the league, greatest of all time, to boot through the game winner. So, like, I might as well just take my shot with overtime. I was just wondering, like, your thoughts on that about kind of, I don't know, being part of their calculation, a.k.a. living rent-free in Mike Zimmer's head. <laughs> 
Well, those are those are your words, Ryan, not mine. Uh, just to be abundantly clear, um, I, I would just take that as high praise, and like I, I think that's a, you know, I, I just think that uh, that's you know, uh, just just them showing a level of respect, and I appreciate that. Um, and in that instance, ultimately, you know, we won that game, so uh, I'm grateful for the way everything played out, um, and you know, in that particular game but uh you know those those decisions they're not even for for me to make for me to even concern myself with how they get made uh other than you know whatever we decide to do you know i forget about everybody else i don't really care what you know you know another team's coach decides to do whether they you know go for two or whatever you know you, you know you guys are you guys are bringing up um my concern is what we are going to do what uh the ravens are going to do to give ourselves the best chance to win the football game and how i fit into that however i am directed to fit into that uh i just have to make sure i'm taking care of my stuff if called upon uh to give ourselves the best chance to win football games and it's it really is as simple as that i i I certainly take it as uh you know high praise that you know i i might fit into another team's uh strategery <laughs> but uh you know that's that's um it, it, ultimately it's not really for me to concern myself with the just you know i'm just i'm just here to make sure i make kicks when called upon Justin, i thought it was pretty cool earlier this year you talked about being nervous for a game-winning kick and you've had a lot of them and you said that you do get nervous for a, a huge kick and you get nervous. I think you said before every kick that there's there's some butterflies there. You made the point, like if you're not nervous, are you really living? I thought that was interesting because I think a lot of people would look at you and they say, this guy's got ice water running through his veins. The moment's never too big. He thrives on this, never nervous. But you said that you do get nervous in those situations and then you're able to kind of put that to the side. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Sure. I think, uh, and I've said this time and time again, but I think there's, uh, so much truth and um you know success that comes from embracing a principle uh that you need to focus on the action and not the consequence focus on you know seeing the ball snapped uh seeing the ball spotted and then picking out the sweet spot on the ball and matching it up to the the big bone coming off that big toe on my right foot uh just you know all of those little detail things that are actually important that will actually help me make the kick focusing on those over anything else is, you know, to me, it's really the only thing that I should be doing uh, that. I, and, and I think any, any athlete, any performer for that matter uh, benefits when they, you know, focus on the action They get kind of get themselves into that zone, so to speak, you know, you hear athletes talk all the time about, being in the zone to me it's it's a lot you know it's a lot simpler um it's a lot simpler concept than you know i think people necessarily know it's just you know acknowledging that you might be feeling a number of ways uh you know whether it's confident uh excited grateful nervous or even scared all of those feelings are valid and they're real but they don't really help you you know, make the kick, but if you allow them to affect you negatively, 
you know, it can throw off your, your focus, uh, you know, where, you know, you, it, it can, it can take your attention away from the things that, you know, you actually need to focus on. So, you know, that's, that's where we've been at for a while. We've, it's, it's not like we're in a zone and it just happens. It's something you, we actively, and I emphasize, we, we make it a point to, you know, put ourselves in that headspace every single day when we practice uh, so that when we get into the games, it, you know, it feels, you know, a little bit more comfortable, if you will. Um, even though we know it's, it's not because we play in the mid Atlantic and this time of the year, it's cold, it's windy, uh, fields are getting chewed up all over the place. So, you know, it, it, there's certainly a level of adversity to overcome on any given kick, but adding to that by letting, you know, your, your mind wander, uh, that wouldn't, that wouldn't help any of us. And that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to help each other, you know, win football games and perform at, you know, to the, to the height of our abilities. Right. So, so the 66 yarder, the record setter in Detroit, at what point when you ran onto the field for that one, did you flip that switch from emotions to I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, my, my plant, the snap, all that stuff. Like at what point when you're going onto the field, do you flip that switch? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's a combination of like flipping a switch and, um, you know, being in that moment, you know, way before the moment even arrives. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, for me, it, it was a combination of I missed the 49 yarder earlier in the game. And, you know, I, I just, I just pushed it wide, right by a few feet. And it was just not a, it was just not a great kick. And, you know, like I was just, I just didn't have like the feel that I, uh, you know, I ch- chase every single day and practice uh, it was for whatever reason, it just like was not there on that particular kit. Um, I also, you know, so like, so as soon as the ball left my foot and I, I knew that that kick was, you know, not going to be good. Uh, I kind of put myself in the headspace of, you know, uh, well, I'm probably going to have to make up for this at some point later in the game. And, you know, hopefully I get a chance to hopefully, you know, or, Hopefully, uh, you know, our, our defense just like shuts these guys out and Lamar just goes off and throws for you know, four touchdowns and, you know, 250 yards and runs for another hundred. And then we're just like, you know, totally blowing this team away. But alas, it did not happen that way. And, uh, <laughs> and we're, we're looking at a fourth and 19 conversion from deep in our own territory just to keep ourselves in the game, we get it, and then uh, the opportunity arise, uh, arises to, you know, uh, redeem myself, so to speak, and also to set a pretty epic record, um, and you know, to be able to to be able to kind of put all of that together and then come through. It was like it was certainly just an exhilarating, amazing experience. Um, also coupled with just like a sense of relief that I, I didn't just completely screw this one up for us. Um, you know, so, so it, you know, getting, getting into that zone, it started in the first quarter and then, you know, it kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, like kind of focused in 
at this, you know, this fourth and 19 moment. It was probably right around the time we were looking at fourth and 19. And I've been a part of plenty of crazy games in 10 years. And I've seen us convert fourth and 29. Hey, diddle, diddle, Ray Rice up the middle. And then we have to go and kick a field goal to put that game into overtime while both Sam and I were, we were like struggle city that game because we both had like a horrible stomach bug, like the whole weekend. And oh, wow. like, we're, we're like, so, so we've, we've seen crazier things happen throughout the course of a football game. Like just to, just to be, just put myself back in the moment. I'm like, I'm getting nervous right now thinking about it, but <laughs> knowing that we had, we're looking at fourth and 19, I'm, I'm probably one of the only people on the sideline just thinking like, all right, well, we're obviously going to get this. Uh, and then we're probably going to be somewhere around midfield. I'm going to have to kick a 60 plus yard field goal in Detroit. Um, you know, something that we've done before. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I might as well make it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just, I'll just try to, I'll just try to keep it simple, focus on seeing the ball and striking the ball and, uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll have a, a really good story to tell when it's all said and done. And turns out we did. <laughs> two two questions on that real quick for you. Did you you know you you mentioned like you kind of knew it was, you it, you knew it was a record setter. So did you feel like another level of excitement about that kick because it was a record setting kick? And then number two, how long do you expect that record to hold up? I mean, there's definitely an added, I don't know, like a added energy uh before the kick as i'm lining it up it, but i also i also was making it a point to oversimplify everything in my mind while also recognizing that hey this is a 66 yard field goal i need to first things first things first i need to make sure i get the ball there so that's when i like kind of in that moment i decided to take like the, the little extra step back so i could crow hop into the ball and just basically you know, use a kickoff technique instead of a field goal technique. Um, and, you know, that little bit of extra adrenaline that I, that was just coursing through my veins. I was thankfully able to focus that into just kicking the ball straight, getting it up, not letting it just get blocked right back in my face. Um, you know, Nick threw back a great snap. Sam spotted the ball quickly, laces out. Uh, and everybody up front held forever because it did take just like an extra half of a tenth of a second longer to get the ball uh, up and out. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like an added something to that moment. Uh, but it's a matter of, you know, recognizing it and then, you know, not putting it away, but in that moment, you know, kind of harnessing the extra energy, like harnessing that adrenaline into, uh, you know, just, as close to perfect technique as possible in that moment. And then how long you think the record's going to stand? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, like, like it, it was such an epic moment and it was one that I'm grateful to have just been a part of. Um, and it truly could be a right place, right time, right guy type of thing. Um, you know, how many, how many guys have opportunities like that? You know, honestly, not that many. Um, and the fact that it just happened to, you know, shake down exactly how it did, uh, you know, there, there are, there are a good handful of kickers out there that have just the, the 
raw ability to make that kick, the guys we you know and we we made the most of it. So, uh, who's to say how long it will stand? Uh, I I'd like to say I don't really care. I care like a little bit because it's because it, <laughs> it is kind of sweet to have you know it's kind of sweet that like uh, the like the Hall of Fame folks in Canton you know asked for my cleats and my my jersey and stuff. Like I do think that is really cool. Um, you know, but at the at the same time, like no one can ever take that moment away from all of us. You know, like everybody on the sideline. Like my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things about when we, you know, end a game like that is like the reactions of you know, like fan reaction videos are awesome, um, and then the reactions of you know players, coaches, uh, Dick Cass on the sideline. Like I, I seeing <laughs> some of those like seeing some of those videos like right now it just puts a puts a big smile on my face because it was it was such a great moment and like you know to see how much joy it brought our our team uh it's really special yeah yeah that video with dick was awesome also harbaugh turning to the camera and saying are you kidding (laughs) me or whatever you know i think i think that was another one uh, last one for me is uh, you mentioned how it was cool to get the Hall of Fame calling and asking, can we get the cleats? Can we get the jersey? I think it's only a matter of time uh, once your playing days are done that you have more than just you know cleats and a jersey there, but you get a gold bust in Canton. Is that something that you think about and is that important to you? I think it is important to me. Um, it's not it, it's not something I think about frequently or uh, you know I don't know like it's 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 one of those things that it's it's not it, it's it's so far in the future potentially that uh it it doesn't it doesn't help me to think about that it doesn't help the ravens right now for me to be thinking about having a having a gold jacket or a a bust in canton um while it would be an incredible honor and any anybody that plays this game game would say the same thing it's an incredible honor uh you know it's like the the ultimate um you know accolade that you can receive as an individual player uh in this league uh you know like all all that said right now i'm just focusing on making the next kit um you know and it sounds pretty elementary but uh i mean it's true and that's the only reason why you know you guys are even asking that question in the first place is because like we make it a point to take it just one kick at a time and think about, you know, our contributions to, you know, winning football games and keeping it as simple as that. If I'm, if I'm thinking about anything else, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a disservice to my teammates and my coaches and I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to help us win. So, uh, yeah, the idea of having all of those individual, awards and accolades is uh it's it's cool but i i'd rather you know just win our next football game like the, there's there's the, the the feeling of coming into the locker room uh after you just want to want to you know hard uh, like a hard won football game uh and celebrating with your teammates and your coaches and slapping hands with everybody and hugging on your hugging on your teammates and your coaches it just being in that moment, I, I compare that to, you know, when I've, I've gotten the phone call before from, you know, um, you know, from 
from Eric Dacos or Chad Steele say, Hey, you've been selected to a pro bowl. Um, you know, like getting, getting a phone call from, you know, from somebody with the Ravens saying, Hey, you've just been selected to your first pro bowl. Um, that's an incredible accomplishment and it's a, it's a great moment. Um, you know, and that's something worth celebrating, but even that just pales in comparison to winning a football game and celebrating with your teammates in the locker room and just, you know, enjoying that moment of togetherness and accomplishment. Uh, that's, that's the, that's a, to me, that's the best part about playing this game is, is having those moments like that. Cool. Well, I'll say this, I'll say this, Justin, if you do get a bust in Canton, the hair better be on point. I know. I I kind of right. I, I actually <laughs> ran a comb through it this morning. You know, I, normally I just kind of you know shake it up and then just come into come into practice. But I decided to you know do it up a little bit for you guys today. And Mink, you too, man. I know you are you know, Garrett. You know, I mean, I know you got the hat on, but you guys. Well, that's you guys one got of some, that's... You guys got some sweet wigs too. You know, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, you, that makes one of us. You ran a comb through their hair this morning. Are the, are the fans <laughs> yeah, exactly. getting? That's why I'm wearing. Are a hat. the fans getting uh, visuals of this? I mean, like you know, you guys, you guys got good stuff going on, you know. Oh, thank God, not for us. Oh, just for me. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, guys. All right, All right. take care, boys. See you, see you, man. Sunday is right around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users enter code FLOCK when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOCK and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Great stuff from Justin. Uh, friend of the lounge was on the very first lounge episode, so we have a the long... lounge may not be here without Justin Tucker. Oh yeah, he kicked it off. Boom, boom. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, it's just really interesting to hear him talk about the nerves of kicking and like how he yeah. mentally goes through his job because I mean he's I I, I really give him credit. It's not a, obviously the talent is there, right? The sheer talent, but just to be the best of all time, the mental part of the game for a kicker is so important. And the way that he's yep. consistently had that outlook, I think, has enabled him to have consistent success for as long as he has. And, and I mean, let's be honest. Justin Tucker has – we're talking, sitting here talking about Hall of Fame. Like, Justin Tucker has a long career ahead of him. Is he even on the yep. back nine? Yep. He might still be on the front nine. Right, he might be right around the turn. He might be around the eighth, ninth hole here, getting ready to have a sandwich <laughs> at the turn. I mean, it is crazy. Like you look at guys like Adam Vinatieri, who you know, who kicked for twenty years. Yep. Um, Stover kicked for forever. I mean, there's a number of guys who kick for fifteen, eighteen, twenty years, and Justin could certainly be. I tell you this much, Ryan. He doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, no. He seems to be only getting better. And I think that he's got very much a long career still in front of him. And as even as it stands right now, if he continues on this path, he will one day have a bust. Uh, I like I like how you gave him a golden bust. I was like, wow, he gets the very first golden bust. Did I say that it's bronze? I I, I, <laughs> I screw that up then. 
I I said golden. They they make a special one for tough. I I combined it. It's a gold jacket and then the bronze bust. I just combined them together. You get the two, (laughs) you you get the golden bust and a bronze jacket. (laughs) That'd be a lot of gold. That would be a lot of gold. I didn't even realize that. So thank you for calling me out. Appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know I'm always here for you. Come on, man. I got you. I got you, especially when you screw up. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's, let's I, talk more I about this think, Bengals game. Yeah, yeah. Well, just the last thing on Tucker, I think um, it was interesting to hear his perspective on the two-point conversion uh, because I know that mm-hmm. there's there's this line of thinking out there. You got the best character in the game. Give him a chance um, and just play for overtime. And to hear Justin talk about that he's fully on board with that decision. I mean, that – to me, yep. I think that the, an important piece that needs to be part of this whole two-point conversion conversation is that you have total buy-in from the team. You have it from the players. Mm-hmm. And Harbaugh, as we saw, I'm sure people have watched the clip of Harbaugh making this decision. He was wired during the game. He's talking with players, talking with Tyler Huntley, talking with Mark Andrews, talking with coaches as he goes through this process. And it was clear everyone wanted to go for two. And... I think that that's a powerful thing that he has a dialogue with the team. He listens to the team um, and everyone is on the same page with that. You know, it wasn't like, ah, I don't think so coach, you know, let's just, let's just kick it and play for overtime. And he's like, nah, you're going for it. It, it wasn't that. I mean, I think that that is an important piece of this equation. And I think that Justin's buy-in to that whole thought process that be aggressive, go for the win is important too because he's not sitting there sulking saying I should have been out there kicking that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's like leadership 101, right? Is like make the people around you feel invested, empower them uh, to do their jobs. And that's that just shows John Harbaugh's leadership and, and what kind of coach he is and, and uh, you know, why these players, I think, play so hard. And, you know, we talk about, oh, the Ravens always play so hard and don't give up. Well, I think part of that is certainly because of John Harbaugh. And oh, yeah. uh, and what he's built here. So, John Harbaugh, Coach of the Year, Justin Tucker, MVP. Let's just MVP. say MVP. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what else is there's no better honor. Obviously, the guy's going to a Pro Bowl. Obviously, <laughs> going to a Pro Bowl this year. Uh, so hey, why not? You know what? Just just speak it into existence, right? Um, All right. There you anyway, go. we got we got a big game against the Bengals. What do you what do you expect to see from the Ravens in this one? Um, you know, obviously, the part that I look at, I think, is how are they going to match up with these Bengals wide receivers? You're coming off a game in which you kind of held Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams. I'm not going to say you held them in check, but considering all the injuries and, and guys on the COVID list, I think the Ravens secondary did a pretty darn good job. Yeah. Right? Devontae Adams had his second fewest receiving output of the season. Part of that, I think, is because of Wink Martindale's strategy of doubling him a lot. Now, what changes with the Bengals is it's not like you have one clear and away best receiver. The Bengals, part of what's so difficult about defending their their offense is not only is it Jamar Chase, who has been awesome for them, but T. Higgins is a really good wide receiver, too. Tyler Boyd is also a really good wide receiver. So I don't know if the Ravens can take the same we're going to double their best guy strategy against the Bengals that they did to kind of slow the Packers down in Devontae Adams. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think it also you hope uh, in this game that you get Jimmy Smith back, potentially. You know, he was well, a late— And Westry. 
and Westry. Westry was added to the COVID list on Friday. Jimmy Smith was added on Sunday. You know, it's hard to predict. It's impossible to predict how that goes. They'd have to test out and, and get cleared uh, from the COVID list in order to come back and play. But um, you hope that you get those two guys back. You, I'll tell you one thing. You can't give up 82-yard touchdowns. Um, you have to li- minimize those big plays uh, to Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. that was – and I, and the Ravens have done a better job of that the, in they, recent games. Their tackling has definitely been better recently. A- absolutely. I mean, they they made the Packers go the long way. Um, and then as a result of that, it ended up really kind of shortening that game. There just weren't a ton of possessions because the Ravens had long drives mm-hmm. and the Packers had long drives. And that kind of played to the Ravens' favor. Um, and I think that could be the case potentially again on Sunday. Um, yeah. But also, you know, the Ravens have to, you, you can't, I don't think that you just look at the Bengals and say the only thing is stop those, those, the passing game because Joe Mixon is a really talented running back and one of the best. I think I like the Ravens' ability to stop the run. They're stopping the run better than any team in the league right now. But well, like, well, and Mixon's you, dealing with an ankle injury too. He's coming off of a sprained ankle. Now he might still play, but just to right. put that out there. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, as we're taping this on Wednesday, what's it going to look like on Sunday? Is he able to play? But um, right. <clears throat> so um, this week is it's just like it, it is a difficult thing to try to figure out how this game is going to play out because there's so many questions in, in my mind. You don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to play. You don't know who's going to totally be available in the secondary, as I just talked about, given the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. There's Mixon, his uncertainty. like, And then there's just kind of the whole COVID landscape as a whole in Full. the league. Exactly. And you just Things see could like, change these, at any time. Exactly. Like the Chiefs, all of a sudden, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill get added to the COVID list. And it's like... Of course, right before the Steelers are playing them, by the way. Of course. Right, right before the Steelers are playing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you... But, but could that happen this week? Of course it could. Like... And and every team is dealing with that. You know, the Browns just played a game without Baker Mayfield. Um, and so there's just a lot of that that's happening around the league right now. And I think that that could have an impact on this game as much as anything else. You know, if there's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday positive test on either side, that could be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. I mean, that's going to shake up league-wide i mean COVID is just going to shake up the league like it's going to already has teams are oh yeah exactly i mean teams that are, i mean the browns i mean they were in the hunt you know they could have taken over first place in the afc north if they had beaten the raiders and they get nailed by COVID, and now they're in last place right in a, in a very tight division so it's just like wash your hands put on the mess stay away from people like every anything teams can do right now to minimize risk i think has to be done because this is going to change seasons. So, yeah. I mean, you and you and I are recording from home now full time for the rest of the year right. for a reason. Like the Ravens yep. are taking extra precautions with us and everybody to try to stay healthy because it could defi- it could decide who's in the playoffs and who's not. Mm-hmm. So, we have some emails. Here's what I want to read. This comes to us uh, at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Uh, Tyler email and he asked about Mark Andrews and he said that what does he have to do to play at this level to pass Todd Heap as the best tight end mm. in Ravens history well wow one one thing I'll mention here Mark has already set the Ravens single season franchise record for receiving yards by a tight end he's closing yeah. in on the most receiving yards by any player 
in franchise history, closing in on Michael Jackson's record from 1996. I think just around 100 yards away with three to play. I mean, he might hit that on Sunday based on the way he's playing right now. So I'm singing what, Michael Jackson in my head, by the way, just so you know. I okay, got Michael what Jackson song? in the head. Thriller, right. beat it. Thriller! Man in the mirror, what do you got? <laughs> okay. What ahead. song is that? Is that Billy G? What are you singing? No, that was Thriller. Thriller! Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Answer the question. Stop singing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, well, first of all, Mark needs to get, like, a better name, a nickname. Uh, you know, I mean, Mandrews is good, but we can't, like, you know, no fans are, like, chanting it or saying it at games. Like, Heap had the heap, right? So uh-huh. if he's going to surpass him, if he's going to surpass him, let's be honest, it really starts there, right? Okay. That's the first okay. hurdle. That's the first hurdle he's got to cross. Um, okay. But it, it, in all honesty, in all honesty, like, I, I mean, I think he will surpass Todd Heap. And first of all, I'm, I'm a little, like, surprised that Todd Heap never had a 1,000-yard season because he was – he was the only person that was getting the ball for like a good five year, six year stretch there um, Mm -hmm. from Kyle Bowler. Uh, And like, he was just obviously really good. So I'm kind of surprised he never had a thousand yards, but part of the, part of the equation here is like Mark is a, um, he's a shiftier player than Todd heap. I think ever was like Todd was a kind of a bigger body, like a box out kind of player, like in the Jason Witten mold. Mark is a little bit more of the, you know, tight end wide receiver mold, you know, combination a a little bit more. Um, So I think that helps him put up bigger receiving numbers. And it's just more of a, a, you know, you just see bigger receiving numbers, period, league wide now. You know, it's more of a passing league than when Todd Heap was playing and the Ravens didn't throw the ball. And, you know, it was Jamal Lewis, uh, you know, in a cloud of dust. Um, So, I think that will help Mark Andrews also put up bigger stats over his career than than Todd Heap did. So, quite honestly, I think that there's no question in my mind that Mark Andrews will go down as the greatest Ravens tight end in franchise history. Yeah, honestly, I just think it's it's longevity. I mean, that's yeah. Mark has already had a better individual season than Todd ever had, um, and so. What Todd has on Mark is that he played for 10 seasons. And that's not something, obviously, Mark can change overnight, but he's got to basically continue to play at a high level for a long time. So if he continues on this path, there's not going to be much of a debate. I mean, um, I just think that and, – and all like the thing I love about Mark is – he just seems to be getting better. Like, remember when we had him on the podcast before the season and he talked about, yeah, I want to be the best tight end in the league. And that is something that's important to him. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, yeah, well, Kelsey is just going to be the best tight end in the league. Well, you look at the numbers. Uh, Mark Andrews looks like the best tight end in the league this year. Marlon Humphrey was tweeting about that during the game on Sunday. <laughs> and, yeah. like, I, I just, he's taken his game to another level this year. And I think surprised some people with just how dynamic he can be. And the other part of it too that I love about Mark is I think we all kind of looked at it and said, man, he just got this street ball thing with Lamar Jackson, this connection. They just know exactly. where the other's going to be. This is what I was about to say. Yep. Yeah. It's worked regardless of who's out there. It's just Mark can get open and make plays and <laughs> be a, yep. be a beast no matter who's throwing him the football. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that that is one big standout to me. It's like, wow, you appreciate Mark Andrews even more when Lamar Jackson isn't the one throwing to him and he's still putting up huge numbers with Tyler Huntley. 
I, I, one play really sticks out to give an example. One play sticks out in my mind from the Packers game about Mark, and it wasn't either of the touchdowns. It was a play uh, late. It was in the fourth quarter, I think, before the first fourth quarter touchdown. And Mark was just like gassed. I mean, you could just see it. Like he just hands on hip. He was gassed because the Ravens had these long drives and he lines up in the slot and it was a key third or fourth down. And you just see him beat the receiver, just clubs or beats the corner, clubs his hands off him, breaks over the middle for a slant, catches a tough pass. And the Ravens like scored the next play. I mean, it's just like, man, this guy just gives you everything he has out there. And um, it's he is on quite a heater right now. And it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And I think if the Ravens are going to win on Sunday, it's going to be another big day for Mark. Yep. Well, as always, thank you for emailing us. You can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Need to go into Cincy, kick down the door, and punch a Bengal in its mouth because <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna we're gonna get the 